Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact RetromaniaPodcast at gmail.com. I am recording. Officially. Hey everybody, and welcome to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network presents Extreme Watch Alongs. Marking out the days. Extreme Watch Alongs, that is. I'm one half of the hosting squad, Kobe Nida, and as always, I am joined here with the mayor of Kicking Out at Two, Dave Rosenbluth. Dave, what's going on, buddy? Hey, buddy, what's good in your hood? Ah, uh, you know, just doing the thing, the spring thing, the allergy thing. You know, it's funny that you say doing the thing because when I, I brought this up on on, on my show recently, um, Randy Savage when he used to do color doing commentary, the doing the thing, uh huh. Like what was what was the thing that you were doing? And then and then Vince would get so excited, he'd be like, "All right, Randy Savage, he's gonna do the thing." Like what the fuck are you doing? What is this thing that you're doing? I'm doing the thing. If you got the guts, uh huh. Like what is it? What is the thing? I mean, was it was it banging Stephanie McMahon? Oh, yeah, Stephanie when she McMahon was underage. Found out. <laughs> she said, "I found out what the thing was, Dad." Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn, pal! Well, now the now now I'm gonna do that firing thing. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna fire his ass! Goddamn it, folks! This is marking out the day's extreme watchalongs, where Dave and I watch ECW Hardcore TV from the year 1997. Currently, we are on episode 17, uh, April 22nd, 1997. Uh, we'd like to queue up the Peacock and watch this show and banter along um, you can join on the fun with us and watch along or you can listen along it's always fun uh, we add in tidbits factoids uh, you know some stories here and there we're gonna have trivia some- a little banter some news and notes you know yeah doing the thing uh-huh yeah and if you want to start from the beginning of the year you can find that all in the archive on retromania by searching any podcasting platform, Retromania with a W. We have hundreds of episodes, hundreds of hours of stuff going on. Um, just go in the archive there. It's evergreen content, and it's always fun to listen to us talk about wrestling. Dave also has a show, Kicking Out at Two. What's going on in the neighborhood with Kicking Out at Two, Dave? Well, on the other side of the aisle on Kicking Out at Two. I like uh, that. We're covering the other side of the aisle. The other side of the aisle, the pro wrestling aisle. Uh, the landscape of 1997, we're covering WCW Monday Nitro and WWF Raw is War. and We're, we're covering random episodes, so we're not going exactly in some kind of chronological order. But we're covering, um, we covered the, um, the, the, at the time we were recording this, the In Your House Revenge of the Taker pay-per-view. We, we, we called an audible. If you listened last week, I told you guys that we were going to be covering the April 21st, 1997 episode of Monday Night Raw the night after that pay-per-view. Well, I decided, and Dennis also agreed, that we should watch the Revenge of the Taker pay-per-view. So we watched Revenge of the Taker. It's up in the streams over at Retromania. You could find it. Uh, It was a lot of fun. I'd never watched it before. I'd never watched that entire pay-per-view. I've seen clips I even watched the Mankind Undertaker match before that was on that card. The famous spot where Mankind 
gets thrown through the table, and it, it looks like a big giant meteor hit the you know the, the table. It's like a big hole. So we watched that. That's a lot of fun. So that's up in the streams. It should be up in the streams. Hopefully it is. I'm sure it is. Uh, you can find that by searching <laughs> Retromania with a W in any podcasting platform available. Uh, and then the fall next week we're gonna do the April 27th, 1997 episode of Monday Night Raw. Actually, I watched that recently. We're gonna recap it for you. Um, that was a lot of fun. That was probably like uh, you know. Just listen to it. I'll give you my my thoughts and reactions to it. But yeah, covering a lot of 1997. Got some really cool stuff planned for you um, throughout the course of the year. Actually, Kobe, this is something that you might get a kick out of. Um, the thing. So I'm gonna. Yeah, we're, we're gonna do a thing. We're gonna do another. We're gonna do. We're gonna repeat doing a thing on kicking out at two. Okay, we're gonna repeat this because it's gonna be a rewatch party on kicking out at two on May the 18th, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the War Games Sting Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance from Wrestle War 1992. You and I watched it. It's a bonus show on the on on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. You could find that in the archives right now. Well, kicking out at two is gonna do a rewatch party of that episode. For all of you. So we're going to watch it again with another set of eyes. Dennis is going to join me. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun doing that. So I, I look forward to uh, to to watching, to doing the thing over yeah. on Kicking Out at 2. That was definitely a happening when we did that for Mark Not The Days Season 1. Um, That's right. Yeah. It was, it was certainly a time in 1992. Um, it was. A lot of ups and downs. That That was a fun show to watch, though. For sure. Yeah, I mean, we, we just watched that main event, so we didn't watch the whole show. We're just going to do the same thing. We're just going to watch the main event, um, although there are some pretty fun matches on that card as well that uh, you know I'll, I'll definitely uh, point out for, for our listeners over on Kicking Out It too. But yeah, this is, you know, 30th anniversary. I thought it'd be fitting. Um, it's just, yeah, you know, I, I'm all about nostalgia and anniversaries, just like we are here on Marking Up Today's Extreme Watchlongs Season 2 as we cover ECW Hardcore TV. So, without further ado, fire up your cock. That's right, fire up your peacock if it's not already fired up. Fire it up. Go to the WWE Hub, then search ECW Hardcore TV. You'll find it there. Season 5, Episode 17. It's April the 22nd, 1997. And it runs around 47 minutes and some change. If you will, if you will, baby. And uh, when I say, when I, myself or Kobe, whoever, which one of us wants to do the countdowns, says play, you're going to press play. And from time to time, we might turn the audio up so you can, you know, watch along with us. But uh, if we don't, well, then, you know, you you, you got the timestamp already up there, ready to rock and roll. So, if you will, in five, four, three, two, one, press play oh yeah and remember folks we skipped uh april 15th because it was just the recap episode of barely legal so you know find it in the archive the barely legal episode yeah we, we watched, watched the, the, the last the, the main matches. events the main yes. events the, the the cream of the crop the the, the matches that count the most is where we see we see ravishing rick rude here on this, uh, is in Paulie's base, Paulie's parents' basement, filming this <laughs> promo. I'm sure, and he was part of the uh, the finish of the Shane Douglas and uh, Pitbull stuff, correct? Yes, he Lake. was. Yeah. Yes, he was one of the like the the riot squad security guards. 
Everyone thought he was coming out with the mask and the robe, but that turned out to be, um, give me my money, bitch, Brian Lee, um, under the hood, if you will. And, uh, yeah, Douglas had a lot of enemies back in that day. It's actually, you know what, we're, we're recording this. It's April the 21st, 20, uh, 2022, and we're removed from the, yesterday was the anniversary of Rick Root's passing. Oh, wow. Rest yeah. in peace. Rest yeah, peace. F- passed away at 40 years old um, in 1999. <sighs> so we're very, we're... very soon, you know. Uh, yeah, two years in our timeline, but yeah, it's it's way way too early to. And he was one of the first uh, around that time that that started going. You know, I mean, yeah, you had, uh, yeah, the untimely deaths, I should say. Yes, of of guys that you know were gone way too soon. Yeah, and absolutely. I was it a was it a drug overdose? Was it a heart attack? I, I believe it I, was heart related. It was heart related. <clears throat> yes, okay. heart, heart failure. Okay, of some extent, which is usually related. I mean, not related, but you know, it, it, it's a lot of deaths happen that way in the wrestling business. Yeah, and a lot of people relate them to to uh, steroid abuse. I think there was heart failure with Brian Pillman. And I think there was also heart failure with Eddie Guerrero, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And also their substance abuse. Um, yeah. Their recreational use of any of those things. Um, yeah. And then they're recapping right here on ECW, uh, Simply Ravishing coming out. Um, it's Have you ever heard his theme story. song from WCW? Uh, yeah, I think we talked about it on Marking Out the Days, I believe. It was... I used to hate it. I think it's one of the coolest songs ever. Like it totally fits his persona. Like better. You'll have than, to Google. Better than what uh, WWF had for him back in the day. D- the d- you know what? Not better, but it was still just as good. Like you know the, the 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 swiveling of the hips, the gyrating, the what I'd like to have right now is for all you fat, out of shape Pennsylvania pissants. You know, yeah, <laughs> like he had, yeah, the, the the WWF theme with like the saxophone and like the gyrating of the hips, like like that was good. But the one he had in WCW, I think, was it, it when you when you listen to it at first, you're like, this ain't Rick Rude. But then like you hear the lyrics and like the way he, you know, he kind of like you know struts down to the ring with it, like it it works. I like it. Okay, yeah, I still think nothing will beat. Or compare uh, to Ricky Steamboat's theme in 1992. Oh God, Ricky Steamboat the Dragon. Yeah, that's that's quite the. Um, if you're if 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 you're look, you know that would certainly in 2022. He's such a good man. He never cheated on his wife. He never looks at other women. It's like one of those type of songs. Oh wow. Yeah, he yeah he he doesn't order off the menu. He looks at the menu, but he doesn't order off the menu. Is pretty much what they're saying. <laughs> And then that angle in 1992 where uh, Missy Hyatt, or I, I believe it was Missy Hyatt, right? Where she had said it was he Medusa. Had eyes, Medusa. He had eyes yeah. for Ducey with, uh, yeah. with, yeah. with, <laughs> with Rick, Rick Rude, Rude being involved, which is interesting because yeah. now we yeah. have this angle where Francine is uh, here involved with Shane Douglas and Rick Rude and. Uh, Looks like she might have eyes for Brian Lee, bulldozer Brian Lee, which I don't know oh, how, God, really? how you could. That's what they're saying yeah. on the commentary. Also, at the beginning, uh, I was reading the 
closed caption. Rick Rude says, I'm 215 pounds of Oxy-5. Figure it out. <laughs> that means oh, he's man. going to pop a zit? Yeah. He's got he he stocks up on Stridex pimple pads in his fucking gear bag along with along with the other twelve thousand pills he used to keep in his in his in his fucking fanny pack. Yeah. But I digress. <laughs> Shane so, Douglas. So the triple Francine. threat is no more coming out of barely legal. Uh, oh really? Yeah. So what, what what happened to Candido? I'm not sure. Um looks like we'll have to catch up with him during this episode, I assume. Uh, Maybe, but coming hopefully. off the heels of barely legal, uh, we saw Terry Funk walking out the ECW champion. We did forever, it. forever, forever. Uh, and ECW actually got a better buy rate than expected from most people. Um, they oh, yeah? did over fifty thousand buys, which oh. is cumulative to like four hundred thousand dollars at the time. Oh, so that nineteen ninety seven money—that's pretty good. Yeah, profitable show, which uh, they yep. didn't think that they might have had. Wow, look at this here on the replay. It's Arn and Bobby Eaton with Sabu. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, I think Arn came to and the Terry. aid of Terry Funk. Yeah, yeah, and then Bobby Eaton was was with Paul. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think this was around the time when ECW had somewhat of a re- working relationship with WCW in like '94. Okay. And this was, I think this was during the same period of time where, I don't know if you remember the story, but Cactus Jack spit on the WCW tag team title in an ECW promo. Yes. And he got, he caught a lot of heat from Bischoff and and management at Turner over it. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. There was a lot of revolving doors around this time with uh, these uh, companies. They would work together briefly. Ooh. Speaking of revolving doors, is that a segue for you to talk about the announcement regarding the AEW New Japan Forbidden Door pay-per-view in June? Sure. I mean, I mean, nobody's heard from Dave. I guess he's still beating his meat to a, a six-star thought of uh, any, <laughs> anything that could happen. Um, well, he's but, certainly got enough paper in his office to clean himself up with. If you've ever oh seen pictures God, of him in his office. Oh, my God. Did you see that disgusting video that leaked or picture that leaked recently? It was like the most recent one. It's like, why do you live like that? Someone commented, like, this is signs of mental health. <laughs> like, yeah. someone with mental health problems. Yeah. My, my wife's a big OCD. You know, she's got issues with that and cleanliness and not like suit. Like, she's she likes to keep it clean, but she's not like, she's not like extra about it. But if she saw that, she'd lose her mind. Like anything that she sees that's not in order, it's up to her standards when it comes to her OCD. Yeah. She's just like she she has an internal panic attack, you know. <laughs> like we drove we, yesterday. We went to the we we were running errands together before we went to dinner, and she saw some like she saw some van that drove by, and the dashboard was covered with shit. And you would have like we almost ran off the road, like <laughs> you know. That's funny shit. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a neat freak myself. I like to organize things, so keep it nice and tight, yeah. clean. So yeah, uh, somebody who's also keeping it clean but also looking grunge is Raven. Yeah, he's like the posh grunge. He's too clean right now. He like he has product in his hair, you know. Yep, he's got too much time. He should be more strong. Oh yeah, now, now that he's not. Yeah now. <laughs> 
kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> he should be more strung out. Well, it was 97 after all. Yeah, So, true. I mean. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, the, the Forbidden Door announcement, That's that's that sounds exciting. Um, you know, but at the same time, it also sounds very reminiscent of the Ring of Honor New Japan Supercard from the Garden a couple of years ago. So, I mean... People are like, oh, yeah, this is the first time this ever happened. I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure we saw this before, except yeah. um, it was without anyone from AEW. It was pretty much, you know, <laughs> everyone that built Ring of Honor up, you know, or didn't build Ring of Honor up to, to the standard it was, they're a part of this show. And everyone who made it a thing was, no, was not on that card, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm wondering how the booking of this card will go, the Forbidden Door. Which is uh, June or July? June June twenty sixth in Chicago. They 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 okay. booked the United Center for it. So I mean, it should be a good show. If, if the 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 one match that I think that they need to book on that card is Omega and Okada in the United States, first time ever. That's the match mm. that needs to be the headline or or close. To, you know, one of the top matches on that card. If you're gonna do this okay. this working relationship here, that's just my opinion. But um, we got. Stevie Richards, Big Stevie Cool, in the the BWO Control Center. All the tapes there. He's talking about uh, being picked last in kickball, and but he was always the one that scored when he got picked. So, uh, so that's why he does the super kick as a finish. I get it now. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, and like we said, <laughs> like we said last episode. Um, the WCW had attempted to basically raid ECW at this time, offering a lot of the guys uh, contracts. And um, Tommy Dreamer had talked about it on his podcast before that um, Raven had told the information to him and that he had thought that Todd Gordon, the guy that we had, you had said that was the mole, correct? He was yep. facilitating uh, a working agreement between ECW and WCW, even though WCW, I mean ECW, was being given money by WWF, like $50,000 a month for an overhead. Um, Todd Gordon was talking to supposedly Terry Taylor uh, yes. to through WCW, and uh, they wanted to get Raven, Tommy, the Eliminators, the Pitbulls, Bill Alfonso, Sabu and the Sandman. Um, and really, out of all that, uh, you know, crop there, Saturn and Raven really were the only ones, right? Sandman eventually would go a couple of years later. Yeah. Um, in 99. But during that period of time, um, if, I, if I'm correct, the, the, mole, the, the mole story leaked out and... Todd Gordon kind of quietly quietly exited the company um, after that. And following that, um, following that, I think it was a couple months. When did Raven leave? I think Raven left in June. Of June this of year. 90, of this year. Yeah. And um, Raven left in June. And wouldn't wouldn't debut for WCW till later that month, if I'm not mistaken, on like a Nitro. Which actually, I'm going to cover that Nitro um, over at Kicking Out of Two. I believe it's the June 30th, 1997 edition of uh, WCW Monday Nitro from 
the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. I remember it being a big deal as a kid. I want to go back and watch it and you know remember how big of a deal it was when he debuted, and I believe that was the debut of Kurt Henning as well, WCW. But um, and then also Bill Alfonso, who was a big, who was the conduit between both sides. He was going to be fired, but he had that unbelievable intergender bloodbath match with Francine, or was it Beulah? I'm sorry, Beulah. Yeah. And that saved his job, according to um, those that were in the know back then in ECW. But yeah, the mole was, I mean, Raven and Saturn. Now, my question is, was contact made with Raven and Saturn through this whole mole situation with Terry Taylor? Um, and then they left for WCW, or did they reach out? To, did did Terry did did Heyman and ECW find out, and they they kind of squashed those talks? But then Raven and Saturn went later on behind think, closed doors and 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 reached out to them regarding uh, a, 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 their place in the company. I think that's what it was because my next uh, subject was going to say, you know, Rob Van Dam is a guy that is appearing on WWF television at the time. Um, yes. And reportedly he was supposed to actually stay with the WWF um, in that. I heard that too. In the spring of 1997. But he says um, in an interview, he says, you know, we were at Cobo Hall one day and we all had this mindset of, you know, uh, Paul was telling us that the big league guys were trying to fuck us over. You know, don't leave Mm -hmm. your bags in your dressing room. And it was like it was more of like a cult of person, like, you know, a cult thing. Like, you know, stay Mm -hmm. with us. Like, you know, you know, like. um, Yep. But uh, apparently, you know, Van Dam was going to stay in uh, 1997 around this time. Yeah, I remember that he had a match on a Raw against Je- against a young Jeff, Jeff Hardy, Hardy. May 5th, an uh, that's talent. coming up. So we'll, we'll discuss that when that drops. Um, and, uh, they, you know, they, they showcased Van Dam like he was going to be a part of programming, at yeah. least from what I remember. With I'll have to Jerry go back and watch King. the episode. Yeah, Jerry the yeah King he was kind of Lawler's like, protege. Talking about it. Um, I mean, I guess we can talk about it now. Like, what, what would you what would you think of uh, Rob Van Dam being in the WWF continuously in 1997 and not part of ECW anymore? Well, I didn't watch a whole lot of ECW back then, so I mean, RVD a part of WWF programming. I feel my gut tells me I feel like I would I would have probably accepted him more as a part of that that light heavyweight division that they were launching. Like he would have been there. They're they're one of their top guys, like him and Taka or or Great Sasuke, um, as a part of that light heavyweight division. I, I can't see maybe maybe he would have a match, um, you know, intercontinental type status um, or European title. You know, maybe something with like him and like Hunter or or even. Uh, I can definitely yeah, see though I, him possibly having problems with the click. You know. Um, like, 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 like what, like Sean, you know, Sean and yeah, like stealing the spotlight or anything like that. Cause or, time, or at that time I could see, I could see Sean and Hunter trying to put him in the click with them so they can sure. kind of get that rub, get that rub for sure. You know? Um, yeah, maybe that would have been cool. Um, what if it was, what if it was Sean and RVD instead of triple H and, <laughs> and Sean as a part of like a unit? Yeah. I you know what looking now that you mentioned that I could I could have seen 
I could have seen Sean and RVD as like a babyface tandem against the Hart Foundation. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. RV, RVD, this, you know, laid back, weed smoking um, wrestler that, you know, goes against all the morals and values that, you know, the Canadian Bret Hart represents. Bret trying to take take this young kid out. And then Sean comes to the aid. You know, they both got long hair. They're, you know, chick magnets sort of thing. I wouldn't say they would, like, change up their look or anything. But they would. I think they would have some kind of an association on TV. Yeah. And then maybe that's, you know, that's if RV, that's, I mean, we're, we're really going down the rabbit yeah, hole here. Yeah, but yeah, I think sure. that's if RVD was, that, that all depends on how popular RVD would have gotten. I think RVD would have been a popular name on WWF programming over time. You know the way that they, the way that they built him in that one match with Hardy. I think they would have, they would have definitely continued that. But yeah, he was he was showcasing all his moves, um, and he was getting a <clears throat> real good reaction. It's like a four minute match. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's 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 great. I think too that what it really comes down to is that you know Paulie saw something in him, didn't want to lose him as a talent, and you know Paulie is the master of us versus them. You know, he managed to do that with his locker room. Think about it. They're not going to let you smoke weed. They're not going to let you smoke weed. If you say 420 on TV, you will get fined (laughs) $1,572.97. Yeah. You know, like. I think, yeah, Paul Heyman wanted to keep him, you know. I think that was, yeah. And I also think, too, that that was, I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, be, the because the the relationship between both companies at that time, while it was a good one, and WWF was apparently helping fund ECW, you didn't see a whole lot of ECW on WWF programming following um, the summer of '97. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawler, I think, blew off the angle with Dreamer at Hardcore Heaven later this year, which I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, but. Um, but, uh, I think personally that us versus them mentality that Heyman instilled into the, into his, his roster at that time played a big, big part in why we didn't see a lot of these guys on TV, on WWF TV, because I feel like personally, if, if they were showcased more in WWF programming, they probably would have been a regular mainstay. They would have, they... The W the WWF would have tried to snatch them up and Agreed. Heyman, I don't think, was having that. So that he was, he or was the trying, plan was, was in place that they would eventually come over, you know. Yep. Uh, so. I could see that too. I could definitely see that too. Um So we saw Arn Anderson earlier. Let's uh let's talk about what the observer has to say at the time in April of nineteen ninety seven. He had neck surgery the week of 1997 and there were some serious complications um fluid in his lungs um the incision in his neck was about a foot long the discs were all uh messed up and they had to cut through a lot of muscle to get there um he was released after a week in the hospital and was in terrible pain the whole time and uh they don't know the recovery time and they're not sure uh when or if he'll be able to return to the ring Mm-hmm. Uh, plot twist: He doesn't ever. Yeah, you know? yeah. He cuts one of the greatest retirement speeches of all time. Uh, 
on on Nitro, which actually will be will kicking out. Say, we'll should be you, yeah, we're, you should cover. We're covering that Nitro. We're gonna we're gonna cover that Nitro, and then we're gonna cover the following week when the NWO spoofed it. <laughs> so Good. awesome. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go back to back with with with, with those Nitros, but um, yeah, uh, unfortunate. Arn Anderson, one of my all time favorites, he's in my top five of my favorites. I just liked how he he's he's he presented himself like he was like he, like a regular dude, you know, but like he was tough as he was tough as hell. Like he looked like one of my little league coaches when I was a kid, you know. Yeah. Um, he looked like one and, of my friends' dads that like it was always intimidating. Yeah. 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 He 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 just he just came across as this like blue collar regular guy, but he could kick your ass. You know, and and I don't know. There was things about Arn Anderson other than that that I liked. You know, I have the the I'm a big action figure collector. I have the Galoob action figures, and one of them was an Arn Anderson one. The way it was shaped, the way it looked, I I, I liked it. Um, it was one of the yeah. I figures still have I played one. with a lot. You you get your Arn Anderson? Does he is yep. the, are the the butt cheeks? Do they have any butt, butt cheeks uh, are missing? His bald spot butt cheeks is are missing. Uh, you know taken over a lot. Balder. Uh, <laughs> I would make him blade so much. So I had like those washable magic markers when I played with my dolls. Okay. I, I got a, I got a little artsy on it, uh, and I would yeah. put the the red on him a lot, and he would he would he would bleed good because the texture. He got a lot of color. Well, the texture of the doll too. It wasn't the rubber. Yeah. It was like a it was like a slick gloss. Finish. First of all, it's not a doll; it's a little man. Okay, yeah, a little man, absolutely. as my wife would say, yeah. one of my men. Yes, uh, but Arn Anderson, me. I got one which, in the mail this which week. makes me think: Would you think uh, he would do well in ECW? Maybe being that like um, that gatekeeper type deal for the old technician. Um, you know, if he would have stayed with Terry Funk, I could see him running uh, like the TV, the television championship in ECW, and then him maybe having a great match with uh, Taz, you know? Um, I mean, is that an active performer? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean... In, say, 96, 97, say he doesn't, you know, get injured or have to have that Well, surgery. I mean... Well, ECW didn't have a working relationship with them at that time. I know. They, I'm just that, saying hypothetically, if 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 hypothetically, if Arn, yeah, if I Arn could, were in ECW, yeah, I could see him have, yeah, you know, a TV title holder, kind of anchoring that division, um, maybe even tagging with someone like a Chris Candido, hmm. or like his like a you know a, a, a kind of like a mentor role, so to speak, really okay. helping Candido elevate and evolve. Um, could, I could see something like that, or even Shane Douglas. Oh wow! You no, know, being a part, being a part of the triple threat, if you will, a new triple threat with Douglas, Arn Anderson, and maybe Candido. You know wow. that that would have been that would have been an interesting, interesting group. And yeah. then you could, and then you could eventually, with with Arn's credibility as a performer and as a character in wrestling, um, the young, cocky Douglas could eventually get sick of. Carrying around the, the the legend, the veteran, and you could set something up with the two of them down the line. So, yeah, nice, it, it, it's, nice. See, he could he could have had a place. That's why I, I don't that's know why how I bring long up term stuff it like been. this. Yeah, I like the brainstorming and probably like the the fantasy booking. You know, yeah. thinking of what what ifs and what could have been. Hmm. 
I don't think we've really commented on any of this episode oh, well, as we're watching it right um, now. <laughs> this match is Tracy Smothers and Little Guido against Spike Dudley and Jay. Who's the, who's it? Who's Chris Chetty. Chris Chetty. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Taz's cousin. With with Wildfire Tom and Rich at ringside. Oh, we got a rocker dropper. That killed a guy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Almost did. Yeah. It, it it killed Vince's uh, Vince's checkbook for a little bit, having to having to go to court over that. Absolutely, but, ooh, ugly clothesline. I can see why we're not talking about this match. My goodness. Yeah, some of these ECWs are just meh. Um, all right, let's talk about the time of 1997. Uh, the movies uh, we spoke about. Bulldozer Brian Lee on the prior episodes. Show me the money, bitch. Well, uh, Jerry Maguire. Whoa, Jesus. He was a little short there. Oh, my God. Did you see that? Yeah. That that front, the flip over leg drive, he was like five feet short on that. Jesus. Nice selling. Maybe maybe he needs to go back to Taz's dojo and taste some more wrestling lessons. Oh, God. He, oof. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. I just had to make. I just had to. to um, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire was the top box office uh, selling uh, movie. Show me the money. Yeah, nineteen ninety. Show me the money at yep. the beginning of nineteen ninety seven. That's um, right. All right. So February. What was the number one movie, Dave? That was selling in the box office. I'll give you a clue. Okay. One at a time. Uh, it originally Titanic. It originally aired in 1977. Was it Titanic? No. Okay. It originally um, aired in the theaters in 1977. What type of movie is it? Sci-fi. Um, Ooh, Roll Planet, of Victory there by Chris Chetty. Planet of the Apes. I give you one last try. Okay. Um, here's a. Uh, uh, there was, uh, let's let's see. It, it was uh, it was released as a special edition in the theaters back again. Not a clue. Star Wars. Oh, okay. And you know what? And that's you know. Do you remember that in 1997 when they? they I do because they my father took us to my. My yeah. father. I never seen the originals, Same and here. so my father took us to see the the these three. You know the the back to the Jedi whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, re- they released all three of them yeah. around the same time. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yep. It was like digitally remastered, right? Yep. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do remember that because my parents took us to go see it. Okay. Good yeah. stuff. Starting a new, uh, you know, a new a new generation to enjoy the movie yeah. in the theaters. That was pretty. And then cool. I and then if I'm not mistaken, I think that was when they decided. Like it was during that period of time, based on the success of. Um, you got something in the microwave cooking. Uh, that's upstairs. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know oh, okay. how that got picked up. <laughs> Jesus. That's my. <laughs> Is your hot pocket ready, <laughs> folks? We're gonna take a quick time out. We'll be right yeah. back as Kobe gets his uh, pepperoni pizza hot pocket <laughs> from the microwave. Don't burn your mouth while you're doing it, too. Oh, that's the smoke detector. Holy crap! That's uh. Oh Jesus! <laughs> that's my mother-in-law cooking. Holy crap. Oh, my goodness. Everything's okay unless you start hearing me scream, folks. Thanks. If you're coughing a lot, then, you know, I'll call 911. 
Yeah, I'll it's call um, the, the it's a it's an inferno match upstairs. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. Okay, so Cactus Jack um, Terry Funk in the ring. Yeah, some legendary oh, moments. great moments in a legendary career. All right, uh, March nineteen ninety seven. Uh, number one movie that came out. Uh, the lead role, uh, Jim Carrey. Give me a guess. The Mask. Nope. Uh, Ace Ventura? Nope. One less. Dumb and Dumber? Nope. Liar, Liar. Liar, Liar. Okay. Came out around 97. I I didn't remember that. You know Sting was in that movie? Really? Yeah. No no paint. He Um, had a role in that movie. Interesting. I don't remember remember him at all. Um, I, I do recall... Um, oh my God, that beeping is very distracting. I'm sorry, folks. Is your uh, mother-in-law okay? You might want to check uh, on her. I, I am. Oh. Uh, she's got it. Oh boy. Okay, sorry, folks. Um. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's back. Yeah. Hey. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Fun stuff, folks. <laughs> I think there was one time I because I do I do my show in in my basement and I have a laundry room in the basement. Um, mm-hmm. and, and by the way, my my basement's finished. I'm not like the other virgins that live in their basement with a fucking cot. Okay, I have a, a nicely furnished <laughs> basement down here. I must say, a finished basement. Um, Finally, speaking of finished, here's here's Tammy and, and Candido. She's definitely finished. She's gonna get, she's going to do some real time, some some jail time. Um, oh my god, yeah. I, I, let's talk about that. Yeah, she's you know being, she, she she's she she's gonna be arrested, uh, I believe. Yeah, she uh, DUI, I think, or they they they. Well, she wasn't the arrested there because okay. they have they they, they got to get a warrant for for a blood test for blood alcohol. But she's being sued by the um. Oh, look at this RVD wow. pinched her butt and then got yeah. attacked by Candido, rightfully so. Yeah, Candido's gonna get mad at that, but meanwhile, the whole clique ran a train on this broad about a year earlier in the fucking broom closet in Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say, and, like, and he uh, did nothing. He did know. nothing about it. You know, one, two, three kid gave her a shit sandwich, and <laughs> it was no big deal. But RVD, RVD grabs a little bit of that ass, and all of a sudden, he's losing his mind over hey, here. Hey, Dave, take over for a, a hot minute. Sorry. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. Oh, Fuck it. I'll be right Yeah, back. we are live. Fuck it. Yeah, let's keep it in the recording. We're fucking live. We're live, pal. We got Joey Styles here um, talking about a bunch of nonsense. But yeah, um, what am I doing? What am I going to say? I don't know. Um, you good over there, bud? Oh, oh, oh you're going to be like a roving reporter here? Oh, that's right. Yeah, because you're not near the microphone. That's right. Well, Kobe is currently going to check on the the situation. Um, anyways, so we are live currently. And now we see Chris Candido in the ring. Let's play the audio for this promo over the smoke detector. Set Van Dam down to the ring first, and 
Yeah, Van Dam turned. Uh, barely legal, so. You're back. Yes, I am. Uh, I, I had to uh, clothesline my mother-in-law into the fire, and then I, I pinned her. One, two, three. Jesus Christ, it's going off again. Well, we're just gonna have it in there for a bit. That's fine. It makes the show that much more interesting. As we're watching this fan cam action with Taz making the save for Candido. So basically, you you went over on your mother-in-law, you clotheslined her into the fire, but the referee reversed the decision and the match is now continuing as we can hear the, the smoke detector in the background. Is that what you're saying? It, there was one less, last little bit of the finish, you know. She tried to oh, throw a, a fireball. Finish. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, man. I uh, hope you folks are enjoying this one. I'm going to have a very interesting um, uh, cover on our on our social media with the... Um, oh, no. Yeah. With the, with Great. Yeah, the not like detector. the barely legal one wasn't uh, weird enough. Weird. It looks like <laughs> we were about to make out if you folks uh, check out the cover for the barely legal one. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Oh, of course. No problem. <laughs> no problem. I mean, it's ECW after all. You know, had to make it a little weird. Yeah. Speaking you're, of weird, what's Taz it. doing wearing these? Taste yeah, what's hand. Taz, he what just licks his got hand. these fucking boxer shorts on, looks like. Uh-oh. Oh, there we go. Gucci Katami with a Kat Hajime. I don't trust nobody. I'm going to taste you, Candido. I'm going to taste you, and I'm going to beat your ass. And I'm going to taste you some more. And then I'm going to lick your ass. I mean, I'm going to beat your oh, ass. Hey. And then I'm going to taste you some more. Yeah, just going off the rails today, huh there, pal? Yeah. It's just quite the show we got going on here. Uh-huh. Taz here holding his ground uh, after beating or tapping out uh, Sabu. Uh, not really tapping out. I guess he, he put him to sleep. He defeated him, yeah. And then, Currently, we are, for those of you following along with us, if, if you're a little behind or if you're ahead of us, we are currently at 35 minutes and 30 seconds as we see Taz exiting the... Uh, the, the, the ringside area with um with 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 Pauly Walnuts and Goomba Sal. Um, <laughs> nice. And then we see another Guido over there. They look there. like a couple of extras from the Sopranos, these two security guards. Yeah. I wonder where they're shooting in Jersey or something. They probably it own, looks like a, like they a, probably like own a, the like whole warehouse. And they're like, hey, we need a piece of this wrestling money. Dude, it looks like an old warehouse. Yeah. Like or like like a big giant tin garage, I mean I guess that's the beauty of ECW. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Last week on ECW, I'm not gonna play this, or should I? Do you want me to play it? Yeah, absolutely. You want me to play the audio? Sure. I'm gonna play the audio here. Let's see how many times Taz tastes someone. Ready, set, go. Need the wrestlers to support me, and I sure as hell won't need the fans. I need oh. some hokey baby face that's looking for support. 
All right. Well, Taz didn't <laughs> taste anyone this week. So I think <laughs> we're in the clear. He turned on the fans last week, essentially, is what yeah. they're saying. Um, he doesn't need the fans anymore, so uh, he's just going rogue. I'm not some hokey baby face. I'll look at you with the with the Meltzer talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the time. Yeah, getting... Uh, I didn't know the terms baby face or heel. Did you at the time? In 1997? I read about them, and then I kind of, you know, caught on and realized what they meant, but... Yeah, I don't think I did in 1997. Like, the first time I ever heard the term heel was... In the Home Alone movie, when the parents were in the airplane and the dad was like, yeah, we're a couple of heels flying first class while the kids are stuck in coach. <laughs> you remember that? No, I don't remember that. You'll have to go back and watch that. Wow. Home Alone, the first one. Yeah. Oh. What is this? This is corporal punishment going against Balls Mahoney. Who the fuck is corporal punishment? I don't know. We got to look that up. I'm gonna. I might look this up right now. I'm gonna look this up right now. Corporal punishment. He must be like related to Corporal Kirshner. Uh, let's take a look here. Let's see. It's Balls Mahoney. We know who. We know who Corporal Punishment. Corporal Punishment. ECW. His name is Daniel McDivitt. Well. Why does that sound familiar? Trained, he was trained by Axel and Ian Rotten in Catonsville, Maryland. Oh, he was born in Catonsville, Maryland. Maryland. Catonsville, Maryland. October the 19th, 1973. He is age 48. Six foot three. Um, he was on a TV show called Squidbillies. Called what? Squidbillies. Oh, okay. Doing voice acting. I guess so. It's an animated Let's show. See. So uh, that's All interesting. Right. I used to live in Catonsville. That's where uh, that's where the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast originated from. Oh, look at that! Yeah, look at that. All right, so he's yeah, got like is, his I... faux Ultimate Warrior thing. Uh, he looks terrible, though, folks. Selling okay, selling some punches from Balls Mahoney. Whoa! Oh, that was an ugly backdrop. Yeah, I mean, this is a Balls Mahoney match after all. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, he's just getting fresh into that character even more. He's got he's gonna grow out the hair, and uh, get even more grimy and get some more scars on him. Yeah. Eventually, later in this year, he he cuts his head so many times it looks brutal. Uh, he's essentially like Dusty Rhodes, where he has like a gash, like the permanently, you know, the one that can just. Open, I once saw open him in up. an indie show, and I saw his scars up close, and I was like, they're pretty gnarly. And then when he tried to cut himself for a, like it was like a hardcore type of match, uh-huh. like Ooh. it was almost like he didn't have any blood left. Oof! That went was for a that spinning, was bowling shoe went ugly. for a spinning uh, heel kick and <laughs> did not go over the rope clean. Wow! But bring out the chair, you know the fans will go crazy after that. Yeah, some headshots. Don't forget about CTE. it in about like three minutes. Yeah. Would you like some CTE with your chair shot? Yes, please. <laughs> I think the uh, I think the scar tissue. Oh. Ooh, the scar tissue. I guess was preventing him from being able to to gig or let the let the blood flow hot. Yeah, it's like he cut himself in the same spot with the all the other eighty two scars he's got on his forehead, and you maybe saw like a drop of blood, like it was a paper cut. 
Yikes. Not saying that I'm bloodthirsty and I want to see blood, but I was like, all right, dude, maybe you should uh, try not to do it anymore. Like, Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. That was right on top of the head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Corporal punishment may be out. Yeah, I think so. Uh, NFTs are popular in 2022. CTE is popular in 1997. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. He's making a comeback. Oh, gosh. Making a comeback in his Desert Storm BDUs. Yeah, what's with the paint? He's got like... It's like Ultimate sti- Warrior, but kind of... And Sting or something? Like, yeah, like... That's... Ugh. Okay. Are you a fan of face paint? With I do like fa- I do like face paint. Yeah. I do. Um, I think it's um, I think it's certainly you know it depends on the type of character. It certainly enhances the 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 presentation. I actually did a a uh, episode a couple of years ago around Halloween regarding yes. face paint. Uh, talking about guys that had some pretty gnarly face paint. Some guys that could have used some face paint. Oh yeah. Okay? Now, I th- honestly I think. You know, we saw many different incarnations of The Undertaker. Okay? Many, many, many. I personally think Undertaker could have... I, I would have been intrigued if he adopted some kind of face paint. Not just the teardrop on his face like he had in 96, 97. But, so, you know, something with his character that he that would have required him to adopt face paint. Not like Malachi Black where half of his face is black and his eyes Something changed. like that, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, if, you know, he wore, you remember when he wore that mask over yes. his, over his face. I always loved he, that. That the was Phantom cool. Phantom of the Opera mask type yeah, deal. Yeah, that was, that was cool. Uh, if he did something with paint, I think that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I guess you didn't talk about corporal punishment on your, uh, your, your podcast. No, I didn't. I'm going to, you know, I might have, have to go do back and re-edit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to do a part two. Do a repaint. Guys who I did guys who I didn't know wore face paint. Do a repaint. Oh, there's a sign being blocked. I wonder what that says. Something WWF. Oh my god. He fell in the rope. Yeah, or something, you know, sexual or with a curse word or who knows. You know what's funny about Peacock? You get rid of certain things that are on the the, the wrestling hub, right? You know, there's the there's a lot of the gold dust stuff that's been edited out. Yeah. Um, you know, Booker T dropping the end bomb by accident. That was edited out. But yet, you air a ten-part docu series on John Wayne Gacy, who's one of the most <laughs> one, 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 one of the most. That's one of the first things I watched on there after yeah. getting it. For my wife and I watched it too. <laughs> no, yeah. but we could talk about a fucking murderer who killed little boys, <laughs> little boys and sexually assaulted <laughs> them and buried them, bur- buried them underneath his underneath his porch. Okay, that's fine. You can but do. Terry te- Funk you can de- can't de- de- call someone's mother a whore. Yeah, yeah, you know, or, or Goldust can't come out, you know, and and suggest that he is going to you know, blow the is dude. a homosexual. Yeah, yeah, but no, oh, let's let's just yeah, John Wayne Gacy, sure, why not? You know, no big deal, right? <laughs> yeah, the kids will love it, but they can't watch they can't watch Goldust or you know, give me a break. Oh, One of the worst stuff. apps in the history of America, Peacock. So you see another legendary Terry Funk moment here with uh, Cactus Jack and Tommy Dreamer. Was oh, this wow. the, I think this was the heel Cactus Jack in ECW, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, where he didn't do the hardcore stuff. He kind of did rest holds or was that before that? Any, any, ah, could be. I don't remember, to be honest with you. Like I said, didn't watch a whole lot of ECW. Wasn't available in my area. And if it was, it was on at fucking 3 o'clock in the morning on the sports channel. Or Oh, here we go. Another shot of RVD pinching her ass. And Candido hockey checks RVD into the boards there. Just recapping what went on earlier in the show or the event. Uh, Sabu and RVD definitely have an alliance under Bill Alfonso being their manager. Um, yep. I did enjoy sure Bill do. Alfonso and RVD when I first saw like my first ECW pay-per-view when I was able to catch it, you know, I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this is, this is different, you know, cause we didn't get too many managers in, uh, WWF at the time. It was only Paul bear, you know, uh, yep. like Jim Cornette to a degree. Yeah. Um, that's one thing that's that's really that, that was I mean WCW was filled with managers but they didn't really talk for the guys. They just came out. No. They um they they were just there. I mean Teddy Long used to manage Ice Train. What did Teddy Long do? You know? Just nothing. Um even yeah, it just came even, out. I mean even Colonel Ronald Parker like at first he did have like a role but then they they do they dwindled him down to nothing. Once they once they brought in Bischoff as a part of the NWO, that just kind of they got rid of managers because the authority figure yeah. then became the thing, you know? Yeah, that yeah. I mean, Bischoff iced out DiBiase. DiBiase was supposed to be the original mouthpiece for the NWO, and then when they when they felt that it was it was you know appropriate for Bischoff to become a character and be a part of that, that just kind of took DiBiase and it didn't it it. Like I said, it iced him out. Then he became a manager for the Steiner brothers. Yeah. And hardly managed or talked for him, you know? Yeah. Because somebody else wanted the fucking mic. <laughs> I think I think uh, the removal of man- managers uh, due to the authority figure stepping in the role is, uh, you know, it's a missed, it's a missed mark in wrestling now it's a missed thing you know uh there there are some decent managers but like a guy I mean, that paul re- Heyman does paul Heyman does well with roman reigns in the bloodline yes um you know i i i, I just read recently that uh nxt's la knight is getting brought up to the main roster and he's gonna be oh um he's gonna be a manager for um for someone so Yikes. we'll see how that turns out they wanted to bring Adam Cole up to the main roster and make him a manager too. Yeah. As we see this episode of ECW coming to a close. Yes, uh, With RVD, Sabu, and Bill Alfonso cutting a promo, if you will. And that does it for this episode of ECW Hardcore TV from April the 22nd, 1997 that we hardly <laughs> talked about. <laughs> We just banter over it sometimes, and uh, this, yeah. this is one of those glossy episodes where it's just uh, yeah. there was a filler match in between, and then just kind of uh, picking up the pace for filler everywhere. Yeah, for this Sabu is a filler episode. Yeah, Sabu and uh, RVD, you know, showing that they have an, a new alliance, and they are the top heels, and then uh, that's pretty much it, you know. But uh, thanks everybody. It's 
been fun. Uh, thanks for enjoying me. The other extracurricular activities that were going on during. Yeah, the don't worry. Kobe's mother-in-law, she's alive and well. The baby's good. There's no smoke <laughs> inhalation in the house. You know, every everything's all set. The empanadas are burned, but know. you know, for the most part, <laughs> everything else is good to go. We still have a recording going on, so that means the fire didn't make its way down to the room. Uh, there's no electrical issues. Um, Every, everyone's good to go. Neighbors might have called the cops, so if you hear any sirens in the background, fire department, <laughs> you'll know that they were just calling to check on the welfare of the Nida family. So, without further ado, I think it's I, I think it's appropriate that we end this show this week here before um, before this becomes evidence um, in a police investigation. <laughs> yes, so indeed. yeah, yeah. So in case you know, Kobe's mother-in-law tried to burn the joint down. <laughs> Because because this episode was god awful, right? Um, there's evidence of this, so she may be prosecuted in a court of law in Maryland. So, um. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Uh, as always, like, rate, review, share, and subscribe if you dig this podcast. If you are still sticking around, uh, Dave, where can we find you? And we'll sign off. You know where you can find me. Kicking out it too on Facebook and Twitter. Um, Covering the, the, the opposite aisle of 1997 with WWF Raw's War, WCW Monday Nitro, all kinds of goodies up there. So you can check that out. Facebook and Twitter, kicking out at two. Bye-bye.